This is Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Lake Pentecostal Church on this January the 22nd, 2023. Today's message is part three of the biblical mission of the Pine Lake Pentecostal Church. Senior Pastor Reverend Farrell Hardison bringing the message today. We'll start off with the praise team. We worship the God who was, we worship the God who is, we worship the God who
You know, sometimes there's nothing in the world wrong with one of those old songs. Amen.
choir sing like that. Man, just think if we had a band. Just think. Wouldn't it be something if we had a band that was... <laughs> Man, I love you boys. I appreciate you. Man, I, that thumping bass, he was thumping, he was thumping today, brother. And that drummer, y'all know he ain't right. So, man, we got, we got the right kind of music in the house today. Mm, mm. I like it when we're clicking on all cylinders, don't you? Puts pressure on me to preach, though, like I'm clicking on all cylinders, you know? Anybody can't preach after that kind of singing ought to turn his preaching license in, hasn't he? Man, I like that. I'm going to just talk about that a minute. That's just, I don't know what you said to him at rehearsal this morning, brother, but there you go. That's what my mom used to tell me. And I turned out to be a preacher. So. Amen. Today is Sanctity of Life Sunday. I want to hear amen next time I say that. Today is Sanctity of Life Sunday. Let me tell you where we stand. Abortion is wrong. Abortion is a sin. If you've had an abortion, we love you. We love you. Don't you ever get the idea that because that might be in your past that you're not loved because we see abortion as wrong. We do see abortion as wrong, but we love you. And there's forgiveness for you, just like there's forgiveness for me. And I know some of y'all think Mac don't ever do anything wrong, but he needs forgiveness too now. I want y'all to know. I think all of you were pretty sure I needed forgiveness, but I want you to know Mac needed it too. <laughs> so do y'all hear me? We are, we are a church that feels very, very strongly about the sin of abortion. And I don't care who voted it in. I don't care what Supreme Court voted it in or canceled it. or It don't matter to me. What matters to me is what God said. God loves life. And life starts at conception. That's where a human being starts. And to take its life before birth is an abomination. It's a sin on this nation. It's a sin on this world. But we stand for life at this church. I just want you to know where we stand. And you might, you might um, be saying, well, I don't know if I can come to this church. Well, we love you. And, you know, if you can't handle that and you don't want to hear it, I'm sorry. It's where we stand. You got to stand where you stand. You got to know what you believe and take a stand. And amen. And, and you, might, you might hurt somebody's feeling, feelings. You might hurt your family, your own family's feelings. But you got to stand for what's right, what's in the word of God. And that's where we are today. And, and this is a, a day that's set aside one of the outreach things that we're going to be doing in the future is we're going to connect with ministries that minister to young ladies that um, have an unexpected pregnancy and they're trying to decide what to do. And these ministries are in our community all around that uh, will talk to these young ladies and, 
and help them to see the benefit, to see the blessing of, the, of that child. That child may have been <clears throat> conceived in sin, but that child is precious to God. That child is a human being. Amen? And we want that child to be born. We want that child to live. And um, we want that, you know, some of the greatest people who ever lived, probably their mom was in a, a dilemma trying to decide whether to have them or not. And that mom went ahead and said, yes, I'm going to have my child. And, and, and maybe they turned out to be some great leader or preacher or, or evangelist or uh, just a man or woman of God who made a big difference in other people's lives. So I just want you to know where we stand. And uh, we, we do honor uh, this day. And um, we memorialize the many, many uh, lives that were snuffed out before they even had a chance to be born. We remember them today. Amen? You know what I believe? I believe if um, life starts at conception... There are going to be a lot of people in heaven we never met. A lot of people in heaven we never met, we never even knew. But God said, you were alive. You were snuffed out, you were taken away. But you were alive, you never heard the gospel, you never had a chance to hear the gospel and be born again. And so I, in my grace and mercy, you are in heaven. We will meet them there. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to worship you with giving. We know that this is a part of our worship. This is not an interruption of worship, but giving our tithe, giving our offering, that is a part of our adoration toward you, Lord, our love for you. And God, we just ask you, take what we give today. I pray it every Sunday. I pray it again today. Multiply it. Increase it so that we might do more kingdom work in our community and around the world. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.
You know, you're getting old when you tell the video people to play a video for you, and then you forget to, that they're going to play it. <laughs> I just did that to show you all that I do make mistakes from time to time. <clears throat> Millie said amen. Um, I was just thinking about that song, I Feel Jesus. I remember Ree and Tammy when I led worship at Whitley Church, me and Millie. And I know y'all going, no, that's got to be wrong. You led worship. <laughs> and that was one of our songs. I remember that was one of our worship songs. And I'm glad to be Pentecostal. I'm glad I feel Jesus. Now, you, you can't go on feeling. You can't live on feeling. That'd be like trying to live on strawberry shortcake. I mean, I really do like it, but you can't live on it. Amen? but I like it, and I love it when I feel Jesus. I felt the Lord here today. I felt him, and I tell you, when the choir was singing, I was like, man, if my shoes weren't laced up good, I'd be rising right on up to heaven, I feel like. And uh, thank God for that. I want us to always have that. I want us to always welcome that. Listen to, listen to this one. I want us to respond when you know God's in the house like he was this morning and has been, you respond. Let me hear some hallelujahs. Matter of fact, really, we need them when it's dry. That's when we need them hallelujahs the most. Amen? 
Have you ever been to church when it was dry, a little bit dry? I tell you, if you'll just start throwing some hallelujahs and thank you, Lord, and praise God in there, and people begin to say it all over the church, um, you'll begin to sense the presence of the Lord. Amen, amen. Now you say, well, preacher, what about those days when we don't feel Jesus? Well, you go on what you know. You go on what you know. You say, well, what do you mean what I know? See, that's why you need the Bible. That's not why you need the word of God. There are days I feel like Jesus is breathing on my neck. But then there are other days I feel like he's distant. I feel like he's far away. Now, he's not. But see, your emotions will lie to you. And your emotions will tell you the Lord's not near you. You say, well, if I don't feel him near, how do I know he's near? Because you know what the word of God says. Amen? What does the word of God say? I'll never leave you. I'll never abandon you. Now, when the Lord says never, what he really means is never. <laughs> he means never. I'll never abandon you. I'll never leave you. I'm always with you. So there are going to be days when you don't, you don't have that feeling, that wonderful emotional part of our experience with the Lord. But I love that part of it. I, I love that part of my experience with the Lord. Um, I, I fought a spiritual battle last night. I, I, um, I went to bed early. And I always go to bed early on Saturday night. And I went to bed early and I usually go to bed and just go right to sleep. But I'm telling you, I battled spiritually last night. I hadn't even talked to my wife about it this morning. I, I battled with um, terrible dreams. Has the enemy ever done that to you? Terrible nightmares. I mean, I mean, last night, the old enemy was just, I was just having terrible nightmares. And my, my son that, passed away, was in, in those dreams a little bit. I just prayed. Just prayed. And, um, and God gave me peace. And I went to sleep. And this morning I didn't want to get up. <laughs> Oh, but, but look at y'all. Look at, I mean, it's raining outside. It's cold. Look around. Everybody just look around. Just start, look around. Let me tell you who these people are you're looking at. These are people who love Jesus. Because it was raining and cold, and they came anywho, anyhow. Amen. I want to welcome the Siversons. They're like my family back there. The Towtons, except for Brian. The Towtons are... Brian, will, um, I'd like for you to stand up, sir, and your precious bride beside you, Miss Mary Catherine, you stand up. Can we welcome, uh, the reason I'm having him stand is he's a minister. He's a minister of God. Uh, he's, uh, he's ordained, and we know behind every good man is a better woman. Amen? <laughs> Come on, ladies. Y'all had a big opportunity right there to do some shouting. Behind every good man's a better woman, I said. <laughs> and you know, y'all know, what is it, March the what, Jenny? March the, stay standing up. What? Twelfth is women's, the women are taking over, y'all. March the twelfth. Uh, but I'm proud of you too. 
I'm telling you, I, uh, I've known you both a long time, Mary Catherine. I've known you before you were born. <laughs> Amen. How long? How long, Tammy? Since you was one. Wow. Love y'all, man. Won't you stand up? Can we give them a big hand? And I just uh, thank God for them and uh, thank God that they've been in my life. And, um, and I know God's got big plans for them, big plans. And he's already used them in a mighty way. And they're, they're in a place right now where they're seeking and praying and saying, God, we're available. And whatever you'd have us to do, we'll do it. And uh, I wrote a letter for him this week. Tell people how wonderful he was. And I'm, I, I meant every word of it, Brian. You got, yeah. Yeah, I, I was hoping I'd see you this morning. I, I know you told me you'd mail it to me, but I was hoping I'd see you. So thank you for coming. <laughs> Is it all right to laugh at church? Is that all right? Is that all right? Because I, I remember singing a song just not long ago, something about joy in the house. Have you been to church when you said, there's joy in the house today? And I've been to church when I was like, Lord, we need some joy in the house today. <laughs> Amen. But today's been, uh, today's been a wonderful day. Uh, had a great meeting yesterday talking about the future of the church. I want to go ahead and tell you. I'm going to go ahead and drop it right here. We're going to launch it. We haven't launched it yet, but we're going to start Royal Rangers back. Amen. Amen. We, got, uh, we got some little boys that, that uh, uh, I've just been seeing them in a Royal Ranger t-shirt, your Royal Ranger uniform. We're going to get them some uniforms. and I need some of you young men. Hey, you teenagers, you guys that are teenagers, I need you because those little kids will listen to you when they won't listen to us. They admire you big time. So I need my teenager guys to help us with Royal Rangers. We'll be letting you know more about it. We're also going to start girls' ministry at the very same time we start boys' ministry because we knew if we started boys' ministry without starting girls' ministry, there would be an uprising <laughs> among the female persuasion. So we'll start them both at the same time. I've already had a lady step up and say, I want to be a key part of that. And I'm not going to tell you who that is. We'll tell you who that is later. But she needs a team of other women around her. The women's ministry will be the backbone of our girls' ministry. And the men's ministry at our church will be the backbone of our boys' ministry. They will work hand-in-hand hand together. And uh, we're just looking forward. That's just one little thing. We've got a lot of other things. You can't do everything at one time. You can't do everything at one time, so you, you do a few things really well and try to, instead of trying to do 20 things poorly. I learned that from experience. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to build up our children's ministry and, and we're going we're gonna to do some things here in the next months to come and you're going to be excited about what you hear. And we need you involved. We don't, we don't need uh, any spectators. We need you to be involved. So, so um, make a point to say, wonder what my role will be in that. Ask yourself, what is my place? So when I hear the pastor's vision and he preaches on mission like he's going to do today, ask yourself, 
Ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to do in that vision? What would you have me to do in this mission? I mean, we know what God wants us to do generally. He, he, we're gonna look at that today in the word of God, but you need to say, God, what specifically? What are you saying to me personally that you want me to do? Because you know what? We'll give an account. We'll give an account for what we did with the gifts and talents he gave us. We'll give an account for what we did with our time. Um, you, you're gonna go to heaven because you got saved, but the level of your rewards in heaven will be based on what you did after you got saved. Now, you're gonna go to heaven if you're saved, but there are levels and crowns and positions of authority that God will give to those who were most faithful. It's in the Bible, it's in the word of God. So just think about that, think about it. Um, so, so men, I've already, I'm, I'm looking here at my notes to make sure I talked about everything I wanted to talk about. And um, so you men be thinking, and, and you might be, a, you might be a, a man here or a woman, and you're saying, well, I don't, I don't really see myself in that, that ministry, and, and that's fine, but God might see you there. And God might say, I need you there. And so you just be open. Lord, what would you have me do? See, when we stand before the Lord at the end, he's gonna say, what did you do? And then he's gonna say, who did you bring with you? Who'd you bring with you? Pharaoh, what'd you do after I saved you? You seven years old when I saved you. You got saved about 40 more times after that, but first time I saved you was, you were seven years old. And, and, uh, but you know, that, that salvation experience is the one I always go back to. And I, I, rode, I rode the up and down, just like everybody else did, especially through my teenage years. And then the Lord called me to be a preacher at age 17. But the Lord is gonna ask me, what did you do? And then he's gonna say, he's gonna kinda look around me and he's gonna say, who'd you bring with you? You're going into heaven, Pharaoh, that's great. I wanted you to go to heaven, but who'd you bring with you? He's gonna ask you that. Who'd you bring with you? I want him to look at Pine Level Church and say, Pine Level Church, you're, you're here. You made it. You're saved. You preached the truth. You lived it. You made it. And he's going to look beyond Pine Level and say, who'd you bring with you? And I hope we can say, Lord, here's Royal Rangers. They got saved. Here's little girls that got saved. Here's community, people in our community, teenagers that got saved. We brought them with us, Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm juicy this morning. Is that all right? I'm just all juicy, you know. Dr. Ray H. Hughes, Church of God preacher. Whoever heard of Ray H. Hughes, Church of God preacher? Man, go on. Don't do it now. But go on YouTube and look up Dr. Ray H. Hughes and just listen. Just listen. That's old time Pentecostal preaching. Dr. Ray H. Hughes, he said one time, he said, I cried a lot when I preached. I cried a lot. He said, and my wife told me one day, she said, Ray, I don't mind you crying. She said, but you're so ugly when you cry. <laughs> you ugly. And he said, I didn't want to be ugly. So he said, I, I prayed and said, Lord, I, help me not to cry. Help me not to cry. 
And he said, and the Lord dried up my tears. He said, and I didn't like that. He said, and I remember one Sunday I was preaching. He said, and the anointing was on me. And he said, I said, ugly or no ugly. I'm going to cry today, Lord. Give me my tears back. So I'm going to cry, y'all. I'm, I'm an emotional uh, pastor. I'm an emotional person. And, and I'm going to cry. And sometimes I cry and I'm not expecting it. It just, it just happens. And, and uh, I, I love my tears. I want my tears. I'm going to keep my tears. If I'm ugly when I cry, just look somewhere else. <laughs> look somewhere else. Because I, I got to keep my tears. Amen. 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 All right. So we're talking about what is the mission of this church. Does anybody care what God says? So what, you know, Pastor Farrell, uh, we love you. We appreciate your sermons. Thank you. But you shouldn't care about my opinion nearly as much as you care about what God said. And what I'm trying to do in this sermon series is tell you what God said. And the best place to see what God said is his word. So we're going to be in his word today. There's, I've got quite a few scripture references. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to stay on them very long. I'm going to click right through them. But I want you to notice what God says. And here's what I want more than anything. Is for you to know that when he said these things, he was talking to you. The things I'm going to read today out of the Bible, if you're saved, really even if you're not saved, God wants you to be saved and he wants to say these things to you. So if you brought your shovel to church, you know where you take the preacher's sermon and throw it back behind you or beside you to somebody you think really needs it. Matter of fact, let me just say this. If, you, if in my sermons I preach on things and you go, boy, I hope so and so hears that. I hope so and so hears that. They need to hear that. That means you need to hear it. If that's your thoughts, you're the one who needs to hear it. I've brought my shovel with me to church. I have. I've took it and went, man, I need to throw that back there to Brother Jane. I need to throw that back there to the Eddie. Eddie needs that, you know. <laughs> that was his wife that said, Yep. We need the word of God, every one of us in here. Um, get in a circle and stand in it and say, Lord, it's me, it's me, it's me, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, Lord, it's me. You're talking to me. Quit thinking about what other people need and think about yourself. How does this impact me? What's God saying to me? How does my life need to change? How do, I need to, how do I need to get more lined up in this area? And, and you know, God may use you as a minister to, to counsel with people and, and take the things you've learned in here and other places from God's word and share with them. But before you go giving that to somebody else, you let God work on you with it. Amen? That's good preaching right there. So we've been talking about why is it important for us to know our mission? Why? And I, I think you know that. I think you know the answer to that really already. But I want to give you some real specific things um, that, um, 
will help you analyze that and, and really impact it more upon your own life. Apply it more to your own life. Uh, so the thing I want to talk about today is that God, Jesus, I want to do whatever the Lord expects of me, don't you? And, and we're going to see in the word of God today that God expects you, and he starts with me. I'm the pastor of the church. I'm, a, I'm up here. I'm the leader. God says, you first, buddy. You first. Before you get up there and go, go telling everybody else what they need to do, what about you? What about your house? What about your ministry? What about your relationship with me, Pharaoh? Before you go advising everybody else, before you go talking to everybody else, what about your life? I want y'all to know God does that to me every Sunday, every week, every week. I've tried to slip by him a couple times and say, y'all really need to hear this, but he always brings it back to me. How about you? Don't you need to hear it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I do. So here's what I would say today is that Jesus expects you to find out what his mission is and he expects you to do it. That is an expectation of God. So this thing of finding out what my mission is, what the Bible says about my mission, because really, really, it's, it is the mission of the church, but the only way the mission of the church can be done is if each one of us accepts our personal responsibility for the, the mission. So when, when I accept the mission and I see it in the word of God and I go, yes, God, I want that and you want that and I want that and I want to find out what my role is in that and what you want me to do with that. Well, see, when I do that and then Mac does it and Larry does it and Eddie does it and, and just right on back and, and then all of a sudden everybody in the church is doing it, then as a church, because we are individually where we need to be, am I making sense up here? When we are individually where we need to be, then as a church we're where we need to be. You, you're not going to go to heaven because you go to a good church. You're not going to go to heaven because Pine Level Church preaches the truth and we believe the Bible and we're not going to compromise. You're, you're not going to stand before the Lord and go, I'm ready for heaven because I, I, I'm at Pine Level Church. Jesus is going to go, well, I'm glad you're at Pine Level Church, but how about where are you with the Lord? You know, you know that's what he's going to say, right? Where are you with the Lord? Well, well, Lord, uh, I really don't know how to answer that, but I tell you what, I, I loved my church, and you know, my grandpa was a deacon there, and, and boy, I'm gonna tell you what, my kinfolk, they love you. And Lord God, that's wonderful. But you, where are you? Are you right? Individually, it starts with us as individuals. God expects feral hardest, and I'll just put my name right there and you put your name in the blank to find out what God said our mission is and then to find out what my specific role is and do it. That's what he said. If you're a Christian, you're commanded. You're not suggested, you're commanded to fulfill the mission of Jesus. When Jesus was here on the earth, he had a physical body. Today, Jesus is not here physically on the earth. Now, we know he's here because we just felt him in this place, didn't we? So we know he's here, but not physically. But then the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter one, I believe it is, that he is gonna leave the Holy Spirit for us 
baptized with the Holy Spirit that we might do, that we might continue to do what he started in this world. So now what are we? We already know this. We already said it. We are the body. We are the body. Jesus is not here in his physical body anymore, but there is a physical body of Christ in the world today, and it's us. We're the body of Christ, and the mission Jesus had is now our mission. We are to continue what Jesus started. What is the spiritual body of Christ called? It's called the church. We are the church. Now, do y'all thank the Lord for this beautiful building? I really do. Man, I come in here and I, I, I'll have maybe family come visit or I'll invite guests to come or I might have a preacher buddy with me and, and we run by here in the middle of the day and I bring him in here and I'm gonna tell you when I bring him in here, I'm like, check this out. I mean, this is a beautiful church, but this isn't the church. Y'all are the church. Matter of fact, when I dismiss or when we dismiss today, the church will leave this building. This building is not the church. What did, what, I believe it was uh, Stephen uh, said uh, that we are, the, that the church is not brick and mortar. It's not, it's not an edifice. It's not a facility. You know what a building is? A tool for ministry. I just, man, I got a lot of stuff I want to preach today. How, how many churches do you know that when they build a building, they feel like, man, we, that, that, that's it. That's it. We build a building. And when I was at the bridge, we built two new sanctuaries. And I, you know, you have a, a, a sense when that's done. Well, I've done what I've sent here. Today. No. Can I, can I just hurt your feelings a little bit? A building isn't any more important to God than a copier. A building is any more important to God than a computer. If you use a computer to do the ministry of the church, it's a tool to do the ministry. If you use a, a, a copier to make copies, uh, the, it is just a tool to do ministry. All this building is, is a tool to do ministry. God forbid that this building would burn down between now and next Sunday. God forbid. God forbid that tornadoes would come through here. We know what tornadoes are, don't we? And hurricanes and, and just blow all this down. But I will tell you something, if it did, the church would not be gone. You're the church. You're the church. I'm the church. We're the body of Christ. And God wants us to do in this world the things he was doing before he left this world. So it's not optional. It's not an option. It's a command from God. And I've, I've looked here in the Bible and, and I re, I, it reminded me of something. When my boys were little and I wanted them to get something, I said it over and over and over and over. I said it over and over. And there were principles I tried to put in my boys. And I remember when we lived in the Whitley Parsonage, I remember the boys would get in the car in the morning and I would drive them to school. And I used that time to fuss at them or I used that time to instill principles in them. I wanted them to, 
to know as a part of our church and a part of our family and who we are. And I would tell them things. And I would, and they would say, I'd say, now say that. Let me hear you say that. And they would say that. And I would say it over and over and over again. I'm sure they probably got tired of hearing it. But but you, uh, Jenny's a school teacher. Some of you maybe are school teachers. You know the power of repetitiveness and getting into students what you want them to leave your classroom knowing. And, and so I want you to understand that Jesus used that same uh, method of teaching to get the word of God in us. As a matter of fact, when Jesus was on the earth, he said the same thing five times. The exact same thing, a little bit different wording, but it was the exact same message five different times. As a matter of fact, he said, it, he said it one time in Matthew, one time in Mark, one time in Luke, one time in John, and one time in the book of Acts. He said it five times, one time in each one of those books. And that's what we're gonna look at really quickly tonight. It's called, how many of you ever heard this phrase? The Great Commission. Well, these are the Great Commissions now it's one commission, but he gave it five different times. Why are they called the Great Commission? Because there is nothing greater that you can center your life around than this, these times, these five things God said. Well, it's really one thing he just said it five times. Y'all ready? You ready? You got your Bible ready? We look up on the screen, we'll have these scriptures and I'm gonna clip right through them. I want you to look at Matthew 28, Verses 19 and 20. This is Jesus talking. If you got a red letter Bible, this ought to be in red. Go therefore and make disciples. He's talking to Pharaoh. He's talking to Pine Level Church. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. He said, I want you to baptize in the name, he didn't say in the name of Jesus. He said, I want you to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And y'all know we've got a baptism coming up here in just a couple of weeks. And uh, I'm gonna baptize you in the name of the Father. And I'm gonna just hold you under and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But, and why am I gonna baptize you like that? Because that's what God said. Baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 20. Teaching them, this is our job, teaching them to observe how much? All things that I have commanded you. So we're doing that right now. We're fulfilling this scripture right now. Because I'm teaching you all that Jesus said. And lo, and one preacher got uh, real confused right here. He thought that meant you aren't ever supposed to fly in an airplane because the only time God's with you is when you're low. That's good as it's going to get. Y'all might as well laugh at it. And lo, I am with you always. So that preacher said, the way Lord be with you is if you're low. Don't go way up high. And, all right. I'm done. I've, I've milked that enough. That's all I can get out of. And lo, I am with you always. How long? Even to the end of the end of time, end of the age. And then he put on the very end of it, amen, which means so be it. So be it. 
So what did God say? He said, I want you to, he said, Pharaoh Hardison, I want you to lead Pine Level Church to make disciples. He said, I want you to lead them to have a missions program so that they can have a part in making disciples not only in Pine Level, but around the world, all over the world, all nations. We do that, don't we? He said, I want you to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're going to do that coming up here in a couple weeks. And Farrell, I want you to teach them, and I want you to learn it too, buddy, to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I will be with you always. Now look, every, listen, this is so important. Every command of God is a promise of God. When, Pharaoh came, when God came to Pharaoh at age 17 and said, I want you to be a preacher, then he said, and I'll go with you. I want you to be a preacher. He told me something to do. He commanded me to be a preacher. And then he said, and I won't ever leave you. Every, listen, every command of God is a promise of God that he will help you do what he commanded you to do. Not a one of you can say, Ever, 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 God told me to do it and then he left me. No. If God told you to do it, he'll go with you. He would never command you to do something and then stand back with his arms folded and say, let's see how you do. No. You know why? Because he knows you can't do it. He knows you can't do it. You're not able to do it. So he goes, I want you to do it and I'm gonna go with you and I'm gonna help you. And listen, Pharaoh, no matter what you do, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never turn my back on you. I will go with you even to the end of the age. Glory to God. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Now let's go from Matthew. Let's go to Mark. Mark 16, 15. And Jesus said to them, this is Jesus talking, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, that word creature means everyone, everywhere. So that's virtually the same commission. Look at uh, Luke, Luke 24, 47. Repentance, what is repentance? Let me give you a little lesson on repentance. Repentance is a military term. I never went into the military, but I wish I had. It means about face. It means about face. How many of y'all been in the military you remember about face? <laughs> and I don't know how you do that, but you're, you're marching and then he says about face and there's something like you put your foot back there and you turn around and you're going in the other direction. And that's what happens when you get saved. You're going away from God. You're going toward self, toward Satan, toward the will of the world, the will of Satan, toward your own will. And all of a sudden somebody preaches to you the gospel. You hear it. It touches your heart. You believe it. You accept it. And you repent of your sins. And it means you turn around. And you're going this way now. You're going a different way. So that's what conversion is. That's what salvation is. When you're born again, you turn around. You're turning around. Doesn't, doesn't mean you won't still get tempted. Doesn't mean you won't stumble sometimes. Doesn't mean you won't get off track sometimes. But at your conversion, you turn around. You turn around. He says repentance and remission. The word remission means to do away with and the way sins are done away with is by the forgiveness of God. He forgives of our sins and justifies us. Repentance and remission of sins should be 
High Level Church, Farrell Hardison, repentance and remission of sins should be what? Preached. Now preaching, when we think about preaching, we think about a verbal communication. That's fine. That's one way. But you preach with your life. Matter of fact, you ought to preach with your life and your words. It's going to be hard for people to hear your words if your life doesn't match up with your words. So look what, look what Jesus is saying to Pine Level Church and Whitley Church when I was there and the bridge and everywhere else I've ever pastored. Repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. Now when I see in his name, there's a lot there, but I tell you what I see every time I read, do it in my name, in his name, for his glory. For his glory. And also in his name means in his authority. With his authority. You know, Barney Five was a tiny little fella. But he had a badge that gave him authority. So he could tell that 18-wheeler to stop, and it had to stop not because Barney was big and strong and could stop it, but because he had authority. He would say, stop in the name of the law. So the Lord says, I want you to preach this Pine Level, Farrell Hardison, every one of you. I want you to preach in my name to all nations and begin at Pine Level. That's what that means, Jerusalem. Begin in your community. Don't be all over halfway around the world winning people to Jesus and, and your neighbor don't even know Jesus and you've never done anything to try to win your neighbor. He says, yeah, I want you to do it around the world, but start in pine level. Amen? All right, go to John. And boy, this one is short, but boy, it is clear. John 20, 21. And um, I may be pulling out a little piece of this verse here. Uh, John 20, 21. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. See that in that verse? Is that, is that, it? Is that the verse? 21. John 20, 21. I, I may have gave you John 21, 20, but I meant to give you John 20, 21. As the Father, listen, listen to me, everybody look at me. As the Father has sent me, Jesus said, I'm sending you. And that's what I've been preaching. I'm, I'm preaching, okay, I just, then Jesus said to them again, peace be unto you, as my Father, th thank you, Jenny, you're awesome. As my Father hath sent me, even so, Jesus is saying to Mac and Larry and me, all of us, I'm sending you. I got sent, Jesus says, now I'm sending you. Now go to Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8. But ye shall receive power. Every Pentecostal ought to be able to quote this verse. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall dance and holla and speak in tongues and have a hallelujah party and then go live like the world the rest of the week. But a lot of that happens in a lot of Pentecostal churches. 
A lot of Pentecostal churches do a lot of Pentecostal stuff in their worship services, but we're not filled with the Holy Ghost to speak in tongues. We're not filled with the Holy Ghost to jump and shout and holler. Now, if you were anywhere close to me this morning, I was jumping and shouting and hollering right here on this front pew this morning, weren't I? Did y'all hear me? Glory. I looked. It was good to me, man. I was, it was just awesome. I felt like I was in camp meeting. And I was feeling God and, and the choir, and I was just feeling it. And, and I was shouting. But that's not why I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I enjoy that part. But look what he says I gave you the Holy Ghost for. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be Boom. Witnesses. And that unto me doesn't mean you're witnessing unto the Lord. It means about me. You're wit. Oh, she just underlined it. <laughs> that girl's something. Witnesses unto me both in Pine Level and North Carolina. Y'all, that's what this means and the United States and the uttermost part of the earth. That's, that's, if you're gonna apply that, that's a very close application. Unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. There it is five times. Five times Jesus basically says the same thing five times. Five times in five ways, in five different settings. It's almost as if Jesus is saying, get it? Do you get it? I mean, that's what I would say to my boys. I've told you all this, and I never knew what this number was, but my mama would always say, I've told you this 111 dozen times. And I would say to my boys, I've told you this over and over and over. You ain't getting it. And Jesus is saying to us, I said it five times in five different places, in five different settings. Get it? Do you get it? And Pine Level Church, I don't know if another one of you pastors has preached like this before. But baby, we got to get it this time. If we didn't get it, we're going to get it this time. And listen to me, hallelujah, we are going to do the mission of the Lord in this church. We're going to do it. In your own personal Bible study, here, here's what you have to do. When you go back and study these scriptures, you're going to find out that God tells you in these verses where to do it, when to do it, why to do it, and how to do it. He don't leave anything lacking. You go back and study those verses I just gave you again. Study them again. And I've already told you all, I will give you my sermon notes. I'll send them to you. Won't I? Won't I? Uh, brother. Won't I? Won't I? Where is she at? She ain't here. But I send them to her. Amen. Amanda. Amanda wants my notes sometimes. I send them to her. Matter of fact, last Sunday she came up and said, I want your notes again. And so I just took them and said, here. And I just gave them my notes. So you're going to find in these five commissions that I just read, he mandates it. That means you don't have a choice. It's a command. He mandates it. He's going to make clear the message he wants you to tell. He's going to 
even give you the method and he's going to motivate you to obey him. Jesus is saying, my mission is your mission. My mission, he's saying it has to be important to you. If it's not important to you, you're not where you ought to be in your relationship with me. Is this all right to preach like this? I'm about to close. Do y'all believe me? There's doubters among us. Doubters. We're commanded. It's not optional. If, listen, when it comes to that, we're either obedient or we're disobedient. Because one thing we can't do is say, I didn't know. Can't say I didn't know. See, before you came this morning, you might have been able to say you didn't know, but y'all are here and you heard it. You say, man, I wish I hadn't come this morning. <laughs> I could still say I was ignorant. But y'all know it. So now we're responsible. Amen? Here, but, but look, I, what, the more you know, the more power he'll give you to do. Let me give you one more thing, and it is very, very, very brief. It's our responsibility. It's our responsibility. It's not just something he expects us to do. We need to take it on as a responsibility. You know, my responsibility in my home is to make sure everybody's taken care of and that we've got everything in our home we need. That's my responsibility. I feel that responsibility very, very strong. That is, that is why sometimes you ladies get frustrated with us men because God put it deep in us to feel responsible for the welfare of our household. And sometimes we're grouchy because we feel that responsibility so strong. Sometimes, and I'm not saying we should be like this and it should be okay, but a lot of times we're seemingly inattentive to you because we're thinking about how we've got to provide and how we've got to make sure that our house is safe. And, and Lord, in the day we live in, boy, that's one of the top ones is make sure your house is safe, amen? And, and, and men feel this. Men feel this responsibility. Um, so, so ladies, when, you, when, when we frustrate you and everything, just remember a lot of times it's because we, we maybe don't have that part that's in you that you do the responsible stuff, but you stay sweet about it. Sometimes we just can't stay sweet about it. I do, but some men can't. I just got in a bad eye from my wife. Yeah, uh, look in the Old Testament. Look in the book of Ezekiel. You didn't know we were going to the Old Testament, did you? The book of Ezekiel, I think that's toward, the, toward about two-thirds through the way the Old Testament. But anyway, look on the screen. Ezekiel 3 and 18. Now, I want y'all to look at this. Here's how serious doing the mission is. Here's how serious it is. When I say unto the wicked, and this is God talking, when I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou, as us, givest him not warning. Are y'all with me? So God says, so when I say to the unsaved that they're going to die and end up in hell, and you that are saved do not give him a warning, nor do you speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his soul, save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his sin. Since you didn't tell him, since you didn't do the mission, 
People are going to die in their sin. You say, okay, was that really serious? Look at that last line. But his blood will I require at thy hand. You know, everybody I witness to is not going to get saved. So God doesn't, God doesn't hold me accountable for the ones I've told and they don't get saved. What he does hold me accountable for is not telling it. Not telling it. And again, again, let, let me just qualify this and then I, I've got to quit because it, they're, they're putting the fried chicken in at Bojangles right now. And, and, um, and then I'm done. But let me call, I'm not talking about you getting up in everybody's face saying, you better get saved. I'm telling you what, you, you better get saved. Because they're not going to respond to that. Matter of fact, they're not going to like you. Because they're going to remember all the stuff you've done that wasn't perfect. And they're going to they're say, you somebody get all up in somebody's face. And they're going to challenge you. Live it. Be Jesus. Be kind. Be loving. Show them the, the difference in your life. When you want to tell somebody about Jesus, don't point your finger at them. Just look at them and say, look, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. Amen, y'all with me? Let, me? let me tell you what Jesus did for me. If you're, if you're trying to witness somebody, you're trying to win your neighbor, a guy at work, a gal at work, somebody at school, just go, look, I'm not, I'm nobody to tell you what to do. I mean, I'm nobody. I'm standing up here preaching to y'all, and I'm telling you right now, I'm nobody to be up here telling y'all what to do. I failed so many times in my own life, but I can tell you what I was, and I can tell you when He saved me, and I can tell you the difference it's made in my life since then. Cause see, I'm not pointing you to me. I'm not pointing you to me. I can't save you. I'm not even a real good example in a lot of the things that I would say to you. I want you to turn your eyes upon him. See, I, my job is to point you to him. You say, well, I know stuff you did wrong. I do too. I know stuff you don't know. She knows stuff I don't remember, but she reminds me. So I'm not pointing anybody to me. I'm saying, man, I needed the Lord so bad. And I'm just saying to you, everybody needs the Lord. And I'm saying to you, you need the Lord. Well, then if they look at you and go, well, I'm ready. Then are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? To know what to say at that point? I mean, what if you say to somebody, I just know what the Lord did for me and I just know everybody needs the Lord and I know you need the Lord. We all need the Lord. What if they say back to you, okay, I'm ready then all you say to them is, let's pray. Let's pray. And if I was going to pray with Eddie, if Eddie said that to me this morning, I was going to pray to, with him to be saved, I would say, Eddie, I'm going, to, I'm going to lead you in a prayer and I'm going to get you to say some things after me. But Eddie, that prayer has to come from you. It has to come from you. Now I'm going to help you because you might not even know what to pray. You might not even know what to say. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you pray. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, but that prayer has to be your prayer. And I would say something like, Eddie, say this, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. If I die right now like I am, I'm going to hell. And he would say that. 
And then I'd say, baby, now tell him, but Lord, I want to be saved. I want to be saved. I, I want you to forgive me of my sins. I want you to help me live right. I always say, when I'm praying with somebody like that, I always say, Lord, I want the rest of my life to be the best of my life. And the rest of your life is the best of your life when the rest of your life is serving the Lord. I don't care if you're nine or 99. When you give your heart to the Lord, you're about to start enjoying the best of your life. Amen. You know, we'll pray. I'll say, I'm turning from my sin, Lord. I'm turning around. I'm turning around, Lord. I'm not going in the, I don't want to go in the direction I'm going in anymore. I want to, I want to about face. These are things you can pray. You know what? God don't really look for you to say the exact right words. He looks beyond your words and sees your heart. Amen. You Look, you can pray a prayer you memorized out of the Bible, but if it ain't coming from you, then God don't hear it coming from you. But you can study a prayer in the Bible and you can pray something similar and it come from your heart and God knows exactly what you're asking for. And he'll do it. He'll save you. Amen? That's good preaching. Make a recording of this for me so I can hear it. It's so good. So good. Y'all stand up. Come on. Everybody walk up here to the front and let's close in prayer. You got a song for us? Let's sing a little bit and then we'll pray. And victory is mine. Yeah. Victory today is mine. I told Satan.
Glory, that does not mean everything's great. Level Pentecostal Church Incorporated, copyright 2023.